0: hey everyone welcome back i'm jess
1: and i'm regan and this is you pick we watch the podcast where you pick the movie and we take a deep dive into it learning everything we can about your recommendation today we're talking about the 1995 film cutthroat island
0: yeah um i was actually i was actually pleasantly surprised mostly
1: yeah um, what was your first impression there should we say kind of what the movie's about first
0: yeah we should say what the movie is first but i have a piece of fun news that just came out that i heard about um netflix has bought a gender swapped remake of She's All That. It's going to be called He's All That.
1: <laughs> do, do you remember okay. the movie
0: she, She's All That?
1: Uh, barely.
0: Okay. Well, uh, first of all, they bought it for $20 million. She's All That oh. starred Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook in 1999. And it was like the height of all those rom com teen movies where they got 30 year olds to play teenagers and everything.
1: <laughs> as is tradition yeah
0: and in that movie they like just all they did was change her hair and take off her glasses and it became like this big spoof thing that people would do later on i don't know if you've ever seen not another teen movie
1: i'll never forget yeah. that scene yeah so <laughs>
0: essentially like that but that movie was made for 10 million dollars and gross 16 in its first weekend do you hmm. think switching the roles so like having them remake the guy in the movie instead of the girl for 20 million dollars on a rom-com is worth it.
1: Well, you know, all I can say is anything's worth it to Netflix. <laughs> they will they will shell out ungodly amounts of money for new content.
0: I guess you're right considering all the stuff all the money they paid Adam Sandler and like <laughs> yeah. every single one of those movies bombs with critics, but fans love them. So, uh I think I think that'll be, it'll be pretty fun. I'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. So,
1: I, I don't exactly know. How, well, okay. So I'm, I'm trying to work this out in my head. Like Netflix makes money through subscriptions. And I'm thinking if they have enough content with people that even if you halfway want to see their movies, like Adam Sandler movies, I don't really want to watch those. But sometimes if I'm alone on a Sunday, I'm like, well, uh, what, what else am I going to do? Exactly. So I, I think that's why they, they pay money for I mean, anything like that.
0: Tiger King did way better than anybody probably thought <laughs> it would, so
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Piece of news also, I just found out that um they're doing a I don't know who they are, but someone's doing a mini series on Joe Exotic, and guess who's playing Joe?
0: Is it Nick- None
1: other than Nicholas King. Yeah,
0: that's what I thought. And I can totally see him. Like he's the only person I could see in that role, honestly.
1: The the only person.
0: Yeah, I can just picture <laughs> his crazy face in that mullet.
1: <laughs> yep. It's
0: gonna be crazy. Um, all right. So, I have a good get to know you question. I don't know if it's good, but it's the only thing I could think of with the theme of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you prefer? like the movie style of pirates that we see in like this movie and pirates of the Caribbean and like fantasy style pirates like that. Or do you like real world pirate movies like captain Phillips with Tom Hanks?
1: (laughs) Okay. I mean, those are barely connected, but yeah, Um, I like historical pirate stuff. So, I mean, honestly Pirates of the Caribbean is just fine in my book. It's actually probably my favorite pirate movie cuz it's like fantasy but like history mixed together, you know.
0: Yep. I get
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, what about you?
0: Um, I've never seen Captain Phillips. I just like <sighs> uh I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, when that whole like stuff was going on in the wherever when those Somali pirates were like taking over people in the real world I was like damn there's still pirates out there (laughs) that was literally my first thought so um I do like very like Pirates of the Caribbean the ride is one of my favorite rides at Disney and -hmm. it's not even a ride it's like you get in a little boat and just go on a a little boat ride (laughs) so (laughs) but uh I love it so as we've alluded to this is a pirate movie And it is a female pirate and her companion race against their rivals to find a hidden island that contains fabulous treasure. So, to me, it's almost a cross between Pirates of the Caribbean and Treasure Island.
1: Yeah, I get both of those vibes from this movie.
0: Yeah. Um, My initial reaction, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I went in with no expectations and... Came out the other side pretty happy. Um, Within the first five minutes, the jokes, they were on point for me. For me and in the time period, they feel like they were on point for the 90s. Um, Costumes looked good. Everything kind of looked almost like an early version of Pirates of the Caribbean just with a lady instead of Jack Sparrow. And it did keep that feeling for me for almost the whole time. And I went into this not knowing any of the background at all about this movie, so when I started like looking stuff up, I was like, Oh wow, I couldn't even tell like watching the movie that there had been all these changes, so I was uh, oh. I had a good time,
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually have to say, I was also pleasantly surprised um weirdly enough, so there are so many movies that if anything has to do with history people just kind of slap a title on the screen and don't worry about, like, the production. <laughs> but weirdly enough, it's, like, the the costumes and the clothing are, like, spot on for, like, the middle to late 1600s. And I was like, you know what? They didn't have to do that, but I'm glad they did.
0: Yeah. Uh, was Port Royal around, like that's a valid time period for like the real port Royal, right?
1: Um, I think so. Okay. Um, cause pirates of the Caribbean, when it gets like to the end of the pirate age, that's only like the 1720s. So that'd okay. only be like 60 years before that, something like that. All right.
0: That was like my one thing that I was thinking of, like of you watching it was like the time period and like the history of stuff. Cause I know that you actually know that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, um let's get into the cast a little bit there's only i only wrote down like four people that i thought we should just like quickly talk about um gina davis obviously is the lady pirate morgan adams which i think that is a fantastic pirate name oh same absolutely um she is not known for her action movies she's known for like light comedies and romantic comedies stuff like that and I think she did a really good job in this for what she had you know
1: yeah I mean Um, (laughs) I I will say that it for me a lot of the acting kind of falls short of being good but I still enjoyed it
0: yeah uh, I agree with that because I felt like the dialogue was really odd in some places um and I think the one guy that did a really good job acting was Matthew Modine. Um, <laughs> he he plays Shaw. And if you were to look at anything that he's done recently, you probably wouldn't even recognize him because he has aged so bad.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, he does not look like the same person in that movie. Um, but I was surprised to find out that most recently he was in uh, Stranger Things.
0: Yep. I saw that too and I was like, oh, like he's still acting, he's still doing a lot of stuff. Um, but I thought his stu- his acting in this, I think he played a trickster very well.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. He's yeah. he was really good at playing someone that you just can't trust no matter how much you want to in this movie.
0: Yeah. Like up until the end of the movie, I didn't trust him <laughs>
1: at all. Yeah. And would you um, say that that's more of a Captain Jack character?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would say that probably would be. But even with Jack, I don't know. There was just something about him that, like, you knew he would do the right thing in the end. <laughs> Good I think. point. So, um, Frank uh, Langella probably butchered his last name. He plays dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what is up with that name. But I could not take that name seriously the entire movie.
0: Yeah, I know. And it's even spelt like D A W G. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he was
1: a bounty hunter, maybe I could take him seriously.
0: Um but he actually he played Skeletor in the Master of the Universe movie in nineteen eighty seven. <laughs> um but I knew him from the nineteen ninety six Whoopi Goldberg movie called Eddie that was about uh the Knicks the New York City Knicks like it was uh, just like a basketball like comedy movie and he plays like the bad guy in it and I just was like oh I know this guy and I thought he was pretty good
1: so. yeah actually I thought he made a really good villain in this movie
0: yeah um, and then my favorite one to like kind of catch was uh, Christopher Masterson <laughs> who plays I don't even know his name in the movie <laughs>
1: yeah what is his name, Bowen? I think you might Bowen. hear that name once if yeah. at all
0: <laughs> um tiny little tiny- he's like a kid in this um that he plays Francis from Malcolm in the Middle and he's Danny Masterson's younger brother. Mm-hmm. So, it's pretty cool it was It's kind of funny to see like people that ended up in really big shows, like some of the stuff that they were in beforehand,
1: yeah, in his so, case, I think it was like just before, right,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think Malcolm in the Middle started in the late nineties, right?
1: Um let's find out.
0: Remember, don't don't fact check us on this <laughs> stuff. We just talk.
1: We we just we just talk. Oh wow. Yeah. So I thought it was the nineties, but that show premiered in two thousand.
0: Oh. Well.
1: Well, how about that?
0: It's been twenty one years. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ugh, I'm old now <laughs>
1: uh, I don't feel but, old but I also don't want to dwell on that
0: Yep let's move on <laughs> <laughs> Um. So like I said I didn't know any of the stuff behind the scenes on this movie and I think um the guy who recommended this to us Chenty had said in one of his emails that this had a really bad like production time but this almost hits like The production behind super mario brothers to me
1: (laughs) yeah i was surprised well when you add everything when you add all the problems together i can kind of see why this movie might have not done so well but it's it really is astounding just how many things were going wrong behind the scenes
0: yeah absolutely so let's get into that where obviously this movie uh did not get any Oscars <laughs> hmm. but it did receive a Razzie Award for the worst director who was Rennie Harlan.
1: Oh um speaking of just him being the director I've I read that he directed Die Hard 2, actually, which I I'm a fan. I enjoy that film. But then more recently, he directed a movie called The Legend of Hercules, which is one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen.
0: Um, I haven't even seen that. And there's no Hercules other than Kevin Sorbio. (laughs) So that's not the one with like The Rock as Hercules, is it? No,
1: but that... Okay. That came out in the same. I think it's that thing where if a if multiple studios have the same like public domain thing script or whatever, they like race to get it done.
0: Oh yeah, that happens a lot.
1: Yeah, because I think those movies came out either the same year or like back to back years.
0: That's crazy. Did you know that he also directed Cliffhanger?
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah. So like, he's not a bad director. Um, I think everything that happened just kind of like happened.
1: um, Yeah. With it. Some of those things were definitely out of his control.
0: Yeah. Um, What I thought was not so much funny, just like weird coincidences. Um, So this was a uh, Carol Coe production who didn't even like register. I don't, I wouldn't have known them unless I looked this up, but I didn't realize they did Terminator two total recall and basic Instinct. So like the eighties and early nineties, they were, they were a good production company. Um, but they were known for their overspending. Hmm. Like uh Arnold got paid $17 million for Terminator two or $14 million for Terminator two. But he got a $17 million jet. Like, why?
1: <laughs> Wait, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, they gave him a $17 million private jet. Okay. For that, that shoot. Um, so they were spending so much more money than they were bringing in, even with movies like that. Hmm. And Carol Co. needed a movie because they were running out of money. So, they had two that they could have gone with Cutthroat Island. And then in pre production, they also had a Paul Verhoeven movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger again, um, that was called Crusader or The Crusade or something. And they cut that movie, they canceled it completely and gave that budget to Cutthroat Island instead.
1: I mean, that's a bold move.
0: Yeah. Which probably was not the right decision. No,
1: that that feels like a <laughs> cocaine fueled decision, right there.
0: Yeah, probably on somebody's private jet. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> We're losing money. Can you stop buying things? Don't ask stupid questions.
0: No, we'll just do. We'll just get rid of the people that are making money and give that money to something new.
1: <laughs> What's crazy is you mentioned uh, Verhoeven. Um, apparently. Before this went into production, uh, Gina Davis and Michelle Pfeiffer were in talks to star in this movie that was originally titled Mistress of the Seas, and um, Paul Verhoeven was in talks to direct it, and it was eventually shelved because the studio couldn't persuade Verhoeven to cast Harrison Ford as the lead, as they didn't believe that an action film with a female lead could be financially successful. It's almost like they've never seen Alien.
0: Yeah, um, and I, like, that's what they were concerned with with this movie, too, um, because, first of all, the pirate genre, like, had gone out of style 40 years prior, and they didn't, they wanted to try to revive it, but they were, they were afraid to revive it with a woman, and both uh, Rennie Harlan and Gina Davis, like, tried to back out. Because they were like, nobody's gonna want to see this movie starring a woman as the lead. Hmm. So um but Car uh Carol Co. denied their request because of their contract, and they were both scared that this movie was gonna be bad. And Harlan even paid another writer a million dollars of his own money to rewrite the script.
1: <laughs> so Jeez. Oh. Yeah. Um, Renny Harland actually fired the chief camera operator following a argument that they had which led to two dozen crew mem- crew members quitting. So, like you said, a lot of bumpy stuff behind the production there.
0: Right, and doesn't it remind you of everything that happened behind the scenes on Mario Brothers?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it well, weirdly enough, even though so many things went wrong with this movie, I still feel like this movie was probably more fun to make than Mario brothers.
0: (laughs) I think so too, just because it's not as dark and gritty. Um, And at least you're like on a beach sometimes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I Uh, guess they did most of the filming in Malta, which is in the middle of the Mediterranean. And then also in Thailand, which was only funny because I know this takes place in the Caribbean, but I remember once they get to like Cutthroat Island or like that area, part of me is just like, why does this look like Southeast Asia? And it's, I think it's because my like revolving background on my computer desktop just throws like tropical pictures at me all day. And I'm like, wait, this looks shockingly like Vietnam or somewhere.
0: Yeah, I I could see that. Absolutely um they what did they oh um michael douglas was actually supposed to be the shaw character but he didn't have enough time to prep for the movie and learn fencing because he was like he's a real movie star so he was doing real movies (laughs) um so while harlan was trying to find a new lead he couldn't give his input on the sets, which I feel like he should have made time to do. And but he didn't. So they required all of the sets to be rebuilt, which was part of the production money. Um there was an injured cinematographer who was replaced and one of the million dollar wooden pirate ship sets caught fire. For real. <laughs>
1: And uh, on top of that, dozens of cases of V8 juice were shipped out to Malta expressly for Rennie Harland and Gina Davis. And an entire room of V8 was left over at the end of the shoot. Um, <laughs> add on top of that that they had three cameras constantly rolling. and This is back when you're using like film film, not like digital where it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. And uh, we should make note that Harlan and Davis were actually married at this point in time. And they uh they had been dating when the movie got greenlit and then they got married right before production started and they called the movie their honeymoon, which I think will go attest I wonder if they put it in their uh you know, when they filed for divorce <laughs> <laughs> why they were filing for irreconcilable differences was about this movie. probably. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. Oh man, Another, another thing about like the spending for, uh, Carol, Carol co pictures. Yeah. Um, they filed for bankruptcy six, six weeks before the film reached theaters. Like, Going over all the extravagant expenditures and uh, you know tearing down and rebuilding sets, I really, I really think they should put their money on Verhoeven.
0: Well, funny enough, they actually did put their money in Verhoeven, because they also released Showgirls two months later, <laughs> which Verhoeven directed um instead of the other action movie originally planned uh so that was part of the bankruptcy stuff too and Verhoeven never did another movie i think never did another good movie or any movie after showgirls right didn't we talk about that when we were talking about total recall
1: um we did talk about it but what I think, because this Showgirls was ninety five, also, and he did Starship Troopers in ninety seven. Oh, I th- okay, I think, yeah, <laughs> I think
0: that was the last one. I think that he did.
1: I th- yeah, I think you're right. That's like the watershed moment for him. Unless, unless I'm doing some frantic googling here. Okay, no, I was thinking of thinking of a different movie. Never mind.
0: Okay, I'm trying to too, but my computers way slower. (laughs) I I was thinking of uh,
1: Demi Moore in Striptease and thought that... I was like, wait a second. He directed one of those movies, maybe even both during the 90s, and no, he only did Showgirls. Yeah.
0: Striptease. Man, I forgot about that
1: movie. (laughs) I wish I could forget about that movie.
0: Those those came out around the same time, right? Yeah, I think
1: uh, Striptease was the next year.
0: I think that was another situation where they had movies that were very similar but striptease is more of like a thriller too I mean, right
1: weirdly enough yeah also yeah. how weird is it to remember that like in the early to mid 90s like erotic thrillers were a thing like that was its own like subgenre of thriller
0: oh heck yeah basic instinct was one yeah, of those wasn't absolutely. it absolutely
1: yeah
0: there there's a lot of subgenres out there that have
1: happened oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um
0: but yeah it's funny that verhoven like still stayed with carol co after they like stopped his other movie
1: yeah well <laughs> maybe they uh maybe they gave him a private jet too
0: probably lots of cocaine yeah. too. <laughs> i was about
1: to say that but i was like um <laughs> um have you ever have uh, you ever heard of an actor named oliver reed
0: yeah he was or was that the character name oh
1: um oliver reed he was a he was an actor that was kind of bigger in the 70s and 80s i think um he was in the what i attest to be the best version of the three musketeers in 1972, I think. And uh apparently he was originally going to be cast as Mordecai Fingers in this movie, but was actually fired after getting into a bar fight and mooning Gina Davis. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's so weird. But apparently he was also like a pretty heavy drinker. So I could see that happening.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> Um, he died five years later. After this, four years after this movie was made in Malta, mm. actually. In case anybody wants to know that,
1: huh? What are the odds?
0: More was Morde- was Mordecai Fingers the one with the uh no fingers. I
1: think so. Honestly, none
0: of. Oh no, no Morde Mordecai was the other brother.
1: Oh, right, yeah.
0: Or the uncle, no, or something. I think Dog
1: stabs Mordecai for his piece of the map. Yeah. Also.
0: Also, can we talk? Can we talk about that map that she's just carrying around? Oh, her oh father's I'm sorry. Head? You mean the
1: her father's scalp, <laughs> her tattooed father's scalp? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like when she pulls that out, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and like, just waving it around just like hold and she keeps it in such like an inappropriate oh, place on herself i just
1: thought about that yeah <laughs> oh oh yeah she keeps it uh, for all intents and purposes in her panties and i don't like that now i don't yeah. like that now <laughs>
0: oh that is awful
1: Jeez. Uh, I did think it was kind of funny how like uh they asked him where his map was, and he's just like, I got rid of it. It's all up here now. And he points to his head and I was like, That's smart. He memorized it. And <laughs> then it turns out to be tattooed onto his scalp. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's kind of funny, actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he was like, Shave my head. <laughs>
1: I'm like, What? <laughs> <laughs> it's my last request, just shave my head. That's the uh they'll delete my browser history request right when you die. Yep. Yeah, that's how they did it in
0: the 1660s (laughs) (laughs) Um, can we talk about the explosion
1: yeah I was really hoping we would
0: All right, Um, what are your thoughts
1: (laughs) they were awesome and over the top (laughs) that was one of the things that throughout the entire movie I was just like fascinated by the production value of like wow this movie got this much money (laughs) that's incredible
0: Yeah, to see the whole scene where, like, they're on in the (sighs) carriage and everything is like blowing up around them, and I'm thinking how many takes they probably had to do for that, and it's like, man, that's just crazy. And it's so, like, yeah, over the top is like a perfect word for it. Oh, and
1: a lot of things about this movie are over the top, but yeah, I was. I didn't even think, I didn't even stop to think how many takes you might need to do during, like, an explosive scene like that. Because, like, I can't imagine what you'd need to reset in order to get those shots again, you know?
0: Yeah, it's almost like, I don't, I wonder if they had to do it in one one take, and that's why they had so many cameras rolling at all times. Oh, that's a good point. But, and I know that the scene where Gina Davis is running through The store and like has to jump out the window and land on the carriage. I know that she missed once, and like landed under the carriage, but the scene was digitally spliced together with two scenes of her like jumping, and then one of her already sitting in the carriage, and then they they put them they melded them together somehow, which was probably really hard in the absolutely,
1: but. (laughs) but on top of that i actually you know how when something slightly looks out of place but you can't put your finger on it not knowing that when i saw that scene like it actually looked pretty good it almost looked 100 real
0: yeah i as i was watching it i thought wow she nailed (laughs) that pretty good in the like in that try and yeah it, it makes me laugh but i think the one thing that like in any type of pirate movie um when the ships get alongside each other and like start shooting cannonballs I mean they're right next to each other how are you not hitting (laughs) the ship Mm -hmm. like neither of them you have 20 cannons on each ship shooting directly across from you and you're not nobody's hitting anybody
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that's what happens when you use blanks Um... yeah (laughs) I, I did That's notice true. there were some like explosions on the ship, which uh, on both ships as like they were shooting each other. But yeah, if, if you have twenty guns shooting at twenty guns, I thought they did a good job of that in Pirates of the Caribbean because you see like chunks of ship falling off and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I, all I'll say is they did their best with this one.
0: They did, they did. The one thing, the one scene, I think that kind of looked weird when they in the final in this cut was when her and shaw jump out jump off the roof down into those um
1: like the (laughs) scaffolding
0: and they fall through you can tell that they're on wires
1: through that's how i saw it
0: yeah (laughs) that's exactly what i thought i was like oh she's floating down (laughs)
1: You ever just watch a scene and then when like someone falls through five layers of scaffolding and lands on the dirt ground, you're like, okay, so they're dead. And then they just get up and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, I've learned from movies that I can jump off a roof and fall through all the scaffolding and survive. I've learned from
1: Assassin's Creed, as long as there's a bunch of hay under you, you're golden.
0: Yeah. Uh, Also that drop at the end. Um, from like the side of the cliff into like the crashing water onto the the cliff,
1: just underneath the water. Yeah, (laughs) the murder (laughs) rocks.
0: Yes. (laughs) Oh, like, have you ever watched cliff diving?
1: That is intense.
0: That's intense, and this was higher than that with rocks underneath. So. I don't think I, I know I was actually
1: kind of tense when they like in the movie they let go of the ropes and I almost dropped anchor when I saw those rocks I was like well they're right? gonna die
0: yeah cliff diving is so intense like I watch it and I'm like oh please land correctly yeah,
1: yeah. if you're a millimeter off you're just paralyzed
0: like it's like hitting cement they say yeah
1: I watched a MythBusters episode on that, and uh, water is not as soft as Hollywood makes it out to be.
0: No, definitely not.
1: Also, scaffolding um, not as soft as Hollywood makes it out to be. <laughs> no,
0: not as soft. <laughs> um. So one one other thing I want to say about like overall in this movie, they believe that it probably failed one just because of everything and. 2 because it was a woman in a lead action role which really you hadn't seen other than Sigourney Weaver in Alien up until this point kind of right like can you think of any other <sighs> 80s or 90s series with a woman in the lead of an action I was
1: going to say Terminator 2 but I don't really think that like, okay. is like. she the main character or is she technically like supporting because I mean Arnie's She's... to draw to that movie for sure.
0: Yeah. But I will give I will give her the I'll give her that like uh what the hell is her name? Like, uh, why can't I Lisa think of it? Lisa
1: Hamilton? Linda Hamilton? Linda.
0: Linda. Linda Hamilton. Yeah. I'll give Linda Hamilton an action star because she did like every, every time you see that movie, like anytime you talk about Terminator 2. People usually talk about Linda Hamilton in the
1: White <laughs> Yeah, I was about top. to say. Her and her you shoulders. Know? Her and her buff shoulders.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll give her that. But, look at the women in action roles that we have now. Like, we have Mila Jovovich with Resident Evil. You have Kate Beckinsale with Underworld. You have anything Charlize <laughs> Theron does. Um, there is... Women can lead movies now, and they can make a ton of money, which is yeah. awesome. Lead action movies,
1: absolutely. Sure. And I,
0: so, it's nice to see how stuff has changed.
1: Yeah, and there's like, um, I don't know. I guess I think they're better at doing it today. I, I'm getting, <laughs> getting my thoughts all jumbled up. But what I'm going for is usually those those ladies that are action stars they work out a ton before like doing that role like i saw this video of gal gadot doing uh such a funny name for a workout like a clean and jerk where it's like you have a barbell and you pull it up (laughs) to your chest and then put it over your head and i was like wow i can't even do that with like just the bar that's uh, that is impressive
0: yeah um Speaking of Gal Gadot, she's the best thing about this movie that yeah. I'm watching right now. Yes.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's the best thing about most movies. Uh, yeah,
0: that's true. Wonder Woman 84 was not the best, though, <laughs> but I'll still watch it again just because of
1: her. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh. So, um, I, I, I do have I, one ahead, thing so that ties back into the box this. Office. Um, so, uh, yeah. Lady Pirates. Turns out there is like a historical basis for that, where um, at the end of the movie, you see them sailing away. And like the Jolly Roger um, flag that they've used throughout the movie, turns out that was flown by a real pirate named Calico Jack Rackham. And he was the only famous pirate in the Caribbean that actually had two women as a part of his crew and Bonnie and Mary Reed and I think later he actually turned his ship over to them so that's not like uh that's not uh hey let's just take this premise and put women in it kind of a thing
0: yeah um I had heard of Mary Reed before and I thought they had made a movie about her but I don't see it so.
1: I think Anne Bonnie was in um the Stars series, Black sails.
0: Mm, okay, that might be what I'm thinking of. Um, but I think a movie with them would be great. Is in the new Pirates of the Caribbean? Isn't Elizabeth Swan supposed to be like? Is she going to be the main
1: pirate? I now? have no idea.
0: No, I thought I heard that, but that's probably <laughs> fake news too. So. <laughs> don't (laughs) don't don't fact check that one no not at all um i just have the box office stuff and i really can't wait to talk about this so do you have any other um
1: i i just have one more that i really want to bring up (laughs) um apparently a video game was published by acclaim entertainment and released for the major platforms of the time such as the Super NES, Sega Genesis, and Game Boy to tie in loosely to the film.
0: <laughs> Wait, what is this game cuz I'm going to go play it tonight cuz I have all the games on Sega. So what is it? Is it called Cutthroat Island? We need to this is one we need to fact check well, people.
1: Um, it looks like it's called Cutthroat Island video game. <laughs> or- yeah cutthroat island that's uh yeah
0: oh sh- oh snap there's a long play of it it's 42 <laughs> minutes i'm going to play this tonight
1: <laughs> i knew you'd appreciate that fact
0: oh that is awesome i did not even know that so um i'm gonna play it tonight and then i'm gonna post in the discord yeah <laughs> that is awesome i'm like so st- i didn't know that and i'm stoked now day made that's hilarious it is if i can ever get through <laughs> justice
1: league today well, only six hours left in the movie <laughs>
0: it, yeah um all right so we've been talking about the budget for this movie a lot and like how we couldn't believe stuff so the budget for this movie was about $98 million in 1995. So that is about $170 million in money now. That is too much money to make a movie like that. <laughs> would you
1: say that's approaching water world level uh, money?
0: Yeah. Um, I would say it's approaching like Michael Bay money to make a movie. <laughs> With none of the CGI that he uses. Almost the same amount of explosions, yeah. though. Um, here's the kicker. First of all, <laughs> they picked the worst time to release this movie. Christmas 1995. It made $2 million. <laughs> 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 because, as we've known... Actually... Uh, Waterworld came oh, out the same year, that's by right. the way. Um but what came out in December, like November and December, you had we've we've discussed that the 90s were such big years with movies. But you had starting in November, you had Ace Ventura, when Nature Calls, Goldeneye, Toy Story, Jumanji, Waiting to Exhale. And then Toy Story regained oh my number one. <laughs> so, Waiting to Exhale was a like romantic comedy with why do I want to say uh, oh, that, that woman? One. Why can't <laughs> Whitney Houston? There we go. <laughs> Whitney Houston and Angela Bassett, um, which is was a really good movie. I I haven't seen it, but I know it was really good. Um so that's a terrible time to release anything. And overall it only made ten million dollars and was pulled from theaters in two Oof. weeks. Yeah. Um so based on that and based for inflation, it is the biggest box office bomb <laughs> ever it's in the guinness book of (laughs) world records for it it lost 105 million dollars just
1: about (laughs) so i know that a lot of money comes from like producers and just investors in the film like can you imagine someone selling you on this cool pirate movie and you like giving them millions of dollars only for it to be pulled two weeks into its run
0: Yeah, like not and it was a lot of overseas investors, too, and they didn't even release it overseas. (laughs) Like, so, so bad. They I think you had it exactly right. They were on a private plane all coked out of it, making all these plans. (laughs) That's
1: just what I think of when I think of like 80s and early 90s stuff.
0: Heck yeah. It was the time period. For real, yeah. For real. So, um, so I think that is our biggest, like, box office. I know it's probably going to be the biggest box office bomb that we've watched, but um, I don't think we'll come close to that, but we do watch some pretty low-budget low-budget and low-making movies, but we've never watched a high-budget, low. low yeah grossing movie. So, huh. pretty pretty interesting i like it um with that we can go into uh, what we give this and i i i think i think uh i don't know where we'll land well i know where i'll land <laughs> sure. but why don't you go first so
1: um going into this movie i did know that it was a catastrophic box office bomb and was thought to have like killed the pirate genre for future filmmakers so my hopes were my expectations were not high at all and i think that in part helped me enjoy the movie more um i was pleasantly surprised at a lot of stuff like i said the production value is great and their filming locations are beautiful i what what falls short for me is the acting is sometimes pretty bad or the lines are just really weird. And then the campiness of the jokes just pulls me right out of the movie. I, I know plenty of people enjoy campiness in their films. But that just doesn't do it for me. So for that reason, I'd give it one thumb down. I fully expect that. Like If you're someone who likes adventure movies and just campy humor, you'll probably actually love it.
0: Yeah, I I'm actually kind of surprised by yours. I thought I thought it would fit <laughs> a little better for you, um, but I I wish I had known about this movie in '95. That's what I took away from this because I would have loved this movie so much, not only because it was an action movie, but because it had Gina Davis in it, and I would watch like a League of Their Own almost daily back then, and I loved her, and so. I don't think I don't think this is a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. I think we've watched worse movies. Um, I think that this week was also a really nice, light-hearted movie to watch after watching <laughs> last week's movie. <laughs> uh, so I don't I don't know if that kind of played a role in my feelings because I definitely had a good time watching this, probably more so than I should have. <laughs> um, I think this movie is a product of the time. And I think the time wasn't ready for something like this either. Um, I agree with you. It does have a very good production value. The acting is hit or miss. And the dialogue is hit or miss for some of it. Um, it is definitely a cheesy movie. Absolutely. Um, Do I think they needed to spend $100 million making this movie? Absolutely not. Um, because it doesn't reflect that kind of money. Um, but overall, I really don't have any super harsh complaints and I actually give this oh, a solid nice. one thumb up.
1: See you you hit yeah. the nail on the head oh. of like it's not an objectively bad movie. It's like they do enough right to make sure that it's not a straight up bad movie.
0: Yeah, it's not like watching. I don't know. It's yeah, for you, it's probably not like watching like Super Mario Brothers, where it's just like straight up bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, I I would not say that this is straight up bad.
0: <laughs> um, we got one recommendation this week on Discord from Chenti again. Thank you, buddy. Um, he recommended Ooh, Event Horizon. Yeah. No, um, but have you ever seen um, it?
1: one of my friends keeps recommending it to me, so I, I feel pretty good about this.
0: Yeah, it is so good. I think it's so good, and I think there's a lot of like uh, theories on the internet about it, which I think we should talk about when we do pick it. Um, I think it'll be pretty fun, but we're not going to spin That's the correct. wheel this week, are we?
1: So what are we doing instead? um, As you may or may not know, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League just dropped on HBO Max. Um, We both have seen Justice League, like the theatrical cut and thought it would be very interesting to do a episode comparing the two. And (laughs) I guess we'll find out if, uh, if you redo your failed movie and add two hours, does that make it better? Is the question.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, I know that we've been talking offline. A lot about it. um, Because we're both kind of watching it through. At the same time more or less. And I think we have so much to talk about. Next week on it. And we definitely need this special episode. Um, And then. I think. Probably for our. 40th episode. Which is in. This was episode thirty-six, by the way. So in four episodes, we're gonna have Matt back on, and we'll do WandaVision and where we think the MCU is going and how everything is tying in with these shows. I'm very
1: excited for that. So,
0: yeah, it'll be it'll be awesome. So, um, that's all for updates. You can.
1: All right, well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, Next week, we're going to discuss the two versions of Justice League picked for us by us. Remember, you can help select the next movie we watch by emailing the podcast at upickwewatch at gmail.com, or you can message us through Facebook, Twitter, or Discord. I almost at Instagram. I'm too caught up in that habit. Yeah, (laughs) Facebook, Twitter, Discord at upickwewatch. I'm Regan. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Author Regan Brooks.
0: And I'm Jess. You can find me on Twitter at Radman Mal, And I'm in the Discord all the time. So come hang out, um, follow us everywhere, and come talk about movies. And maybe you'll find Cutthroat. <laughs> One of Island. these
1: days, I am going to find out how to use Discord. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We'll write, I'll write you a map oh, for perfect. it and I'll mark and it then with an cut X.
1: it into four pieces and <laughs> spread it out. So uh, I don't know. A movie can happen, I guess.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Make sure to tattoo it on the <laughs> well, I thought tattoo. about getting a tattoo recently. So
1: maybe that can be it.
0: <laughs> there we go. All right, guys. Thanks see for listening. And we'll see you next tattoo. week.